0: books a few times, but it is new to a lot of people or people who don't know where to listen to them. So we'll touch on that a little bit later in this episode. But first off, let's kick off with some recos. But hang on, I'd just like to clarify one thing. There's
1: some silly debate about whether it counts as a book read if you've listened to it as an audiobook which is ridiculous because for many people that's actually how they have to consume their books Mm. they need to listen to them so just let the record show
0: that listening to an audiobook is the exact same as reading a book thank you preach (laughs) and sometimes your eyes just need a break like for example for example, sometimes when I've been working at my laptop all day, my eyes are just genuinely too tired in the evening to focus on reading. So instead, I'll listen to a book, either whilst I'm cooking or making dinner or on a walk so that I actually feel the escapism that comes with reading. Yeah. And I think it was in our first episode where I mentioned how it, I find it much easier to listen to non fiction than fiction. And I think that's because, of a few reasons firstly and I might be making this up but I found non-fiction books tend to be read by the author themselves or more often anyways definitely and there's something about that dynamic that I'm just so encaptured by like there's nothing better than an author reading their own book and also and you mentioned this at the start Jess sometimes when listening to fiction on on um, an audiobook, I'll tune out and miss big parts of the storyline, which then impacts my understanding of the plot sometimes. Um, And that, I guess, is less important when it comes to nonfiction.
1: Okay, then, what has been
0: a good nonfiction audiobook then, Lauren? Um, Well, I think Trevor Noah's Born a Crime was just fantastic. And going back to what I just said, it's also read by Trevor Noah himself. So we're already on to a winner on that basis. We are. I love his IGTVs that he does with the um, daily show. He's just like, he's fascinating to listen to. He's got such a great energy. Um, So for those who don't know, Born a Crime is a coming of age memoir where he illustrates through a series of stories recollected from his childhood, memories of life growing up in a pre and then post-apartheid South Africa. And just each memory is guaranteed to move you to tears, laughter and outrage. Um, he was born from a black woman and a white man in a time when interracial relationships were still an illegal act in South Africa and actually punishable for up to five years in prison. Um, so he says his, he was born a crime. And he recalls being a toddler just walking down the street holding the hand of his black mother and that in itself was a crime and that for me was just I don't know it was just oh my god yeah it, it it's those small things where you realize just actually how fucked up um that situation is yeah and how
1: we would have taken that for granted as by totally. of course we were holding our mom's hand
0: walking yeah down the street. exactly so for that reason his memories of his childhood are largely recollections of him spending time indoors and playing on his own, which is heartbreaking. Yeah, so you'd think once apartheid was abolished, his life growing up would have improved. But actually as a mixed race, or what he calls himself as a coloured boy, he felt he never truly fitted in anywhere. And growing up in this environment, he talks really eloquently about how language was used as a weapon by the architects of apartheid. So each tribe was given its own language and essentially that was a way of forming barriers between the tribes. So a shared language he says means we're the same, whereas a language barrier says we're different. So it was an effort to divide black people to make sure that they weren't just separated from white people, but they were also there were also barriers within their own communities too. And, uh, yeah, I just learnt so much from the book about a period in history which, quite frankly, I didn't know enough about. And it's just such a moving story. And he's obviously, like, this really mischievous, cheeky boy who, despite everything life's thrown at him, has managed to find laughter in even the darkest situations. And his mother is the most fearless and formidable person. It was... Such a joy to read. Oh, this sounds so great. And like all the
1: different voices that I hear him do, I bet it's like a great audio book because
0: he'll just be like talking like everyone. I
1: love it when narrators do that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like um, the voice he gives to his mother, like, will had me like in tears of laughter at some (laughs) points when he describes how his mum would like chase him down the street, like throwing things at him. And Oh, it's just so funny. So, there are real moments where you just feel a real collection of emotions. Oh, okay. I'm going to listen to it. <laughs> so, what about a standout nonfiction audiobook from you, Jess? Okay.
1: One that immediately sprung to mind is Unfollow by Megan Phelps Roper. Um, mm. I first heard about her family and the Westboro Baptist Church on Louis Theroux's documentary in an episode called Most Hated Family in America. Oh. Yeah, and the Westboro Baptist Church is an extremist American church best known for its hate speech against the LGBTQ community and for picketing soldiers' funerals. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, and so in 2012, after 26 years of growing up in the church with her family, Megan made the brave decision to leave her family behind and she retells the story of both her upbringing and unfollowing in really personal um really easy to read way oh my god this sounds
0: so interesting just quick question did she when the louis through documentary was filmed was she in that documentary was her family in yes it?
1: yeah so she's still Part of the church with her family during the documentary, and apparently, her and Louis kind of stayed in touch. Oh, wow! Yeah, um, so I think he's definitely mentioned in her book, yeah, because um, it gave them well, I mean, I hadn't heard about it before I watched Louis' documentary, so it gave them like this huge platform, if you will. Yeah, but it's like it's so beautifully written, and like her family may be the most hated. But they are her family, and it's like all she's ever known, and it's the people closest to her that she just loves and adores. And she's like, I can't, I, like, she just hits a point where she's like, I just can't believe what they're saying anymore. It's awful, wow. and horrible. Even though it's what she's known her whole life, and she's like, but now I have to leave my family, and it's the only people I've ever known and loved, and who I live with. And it's just amazing. And it's her and her um, sister; they both leave together. And like, oh, really? Yeah, and like she's kind kind of the driving force and like it's just really interesting on this there are other members of their family who have left and like they're kind of looking at the devastation they left behind when they left so they feel really bad about it. Mm. Um it's just really gorgeous and it's like surprisingly full of hope. Like obviously there's so much hate in the book. Uh so it will make you really angry at certain points. But it's overall I felt really hopeful that actually she had 26 years of hate and actually now she's like a really well-rounded human being
0: who doesn't believe those strong beliefs anymore it's like a complete 180. I find that fascinating that for 26 years she was almost indoctrinated by that mindset so what was it that finally like made her realize that what what she was being taught was actually a pile of shit?
1: I don't want to spoil anything okay. but she,
0: she gets quite into twitter Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, it's really good.
0: Power of social media. Yeah. So it does have some good things, doesn't it? Exactly. Um, so, actually, you've just completely sold me on that book now, and I really want to listen to it.
1: Shall we listen to it? Because it's not like we can be like, "Here's my copy to listen." To. Yeah, exactly. Unless we swap phones, I'm up for that.
0: On to the next book then, and this is one that I think we both listen to on audio was Between the Covers by Jilly Cooper yes oh mm-hmm. my
1: god I had such a joyous day
0: listening to that it was while I painted my office pink ideal love it <laughs> and no surprises because it was read by Pandora Sykes, which I think is just as good as had it been with, uh, read by Jilly Cooper oh one hundo was so great having her voice in my ears again so for those not aware, um, between the covers is a selection of Jilly Cooper's much-loved newspaper columns throughout her pro- career, providing very witty observations on just about everything to do with sex, socialising, and survival. So, need we say more? This book covers like pretty much every milestone from Jilly's days as a single gal in London actually very close to my neck of the woods she lived in Fulham and Putney to her marriage woes and her mothering or motherhood faux pas
1: yeah it's it's set um I can't remember if it's like 50s or 60s or whenever it is but it's Mm.
0: still super relevant
1: (laughs) like there were so many things obviously some of it's a bit dated but on the whole I was like oh yeah strong relate And even though I listened to it, I was laughing out loud so much that I went and got my copy of the book and tabbed some pages because, like, sometimes when people come over, I like to, like, I'll pull out a book and be like, oh my God, this book made me laugh so much. (laughs) Um, Where's the first one that made me laugh? I've got my book here with me now. Okay, this one was a real strong relate. The reasons for my predicament are threefold. First, I adore food. Second, I am devoid of self-control. And third, the moment I feel bored, unhappy or frustrated, I start eating. (laughs) And that's (laughs) about Jilly not being able to diet. And I'm I'm with you, Jilly.
0: Don't you worry. Oh, my God. I've forgotten about that quote. But there were just so many moments like that throughout the book where you're like, oh, that's not just me. Actually, everyone does that. And everyone struggles with X whatever it is I've got
1: another one that I think maybe listeners if they're anything like me and Jilly might relate to it's um my second favorite pleasure in the world is reading like Charles Lamb I love to lose myself in other men's minds when I'm not talking I have my nose buried in a book and I'm quite incapable of sitting and thinking and then she goes on to say (laughs) but I'm an imperfect reader I can get through a whole novel in an evening and not remember a character from it two days later
0: oh my god me too
1: ain't that the truth
0: seriously I probably could struggle to tell you the name the character of the book I'm reading right now
1: <laughs> I think that is the problem when you read so many books yeah I think that must be it yeah oh uh, yeah it was just so fab to listen to and I um I well I previously mentioned actually that I was listening to The Best Things by Mel Gidroyk and oh, yeah. I, I finished it and I just wanna remind everyone how great that is to listen to. Like there was a bit where she has a phone call with someone in the book and because it's an audiobook, they were able to like make the person she was talking to on the phone have like a kind of tinny sound to them. <laughs> So it's exactly like they're on the phone. Oh, it was so good. And it obviously it's a feel good book, so it's got a good ending. Um, and like, you know, it as we've said, it can be hard to get into fiction audiobooks and I think that's a really easy one and it's got loads mm. of characters but because it's audiobook I don't know you just like really feel each of those characters
0: even though there's so many of them so yeah that, that's my first fiction
1: audiobook recco
0: oh love it um so fiction recco on audio from me last year I listened to the audiobook of Go Setter a Watchman by Harper Lee and it's the follow-up to one of my all-time favorite books, which is *To Kill a Mockingbird*, and it was read beautifully by Reese Witherspoon. Shut the fuck up, I thought <laughs> it was read by Reese. And because it's set in South, um, like the southern states of the US, it was just perfect for Reese to be the reader. Yeah, and in. Go Set a Watchman happily reintroduces us to older versions of the characters we loved from To Kill a Mockingbird, Scout, and Atticus. But now, living in 1950s New York, Scout, or Jean Louise as she's referred to now, is a grown woman. And her life and her way of thinking has very much expanded from her upbringing in the South. And when she goes back home, she starts to discover the flaws she'd never seen before in her father and opens her eyes to the and it just opens her eyes up really to the growing racial tensions in America um now there's been quite a lot of controversy around this book so it will be um a, I feel like I do need to address those firstly um so To Kill a Mockingbird was published in 1960 and Go Set a Watchman was published in 2015 actually on the day of my university graduation (laughs) Um, so clearly there's a massive gap between those and that's largely because after the after the success of To Kill a Mockingbird Harper Lee was actually so overwhelmed by the success of the novel that she felt she couldn't publish a book ever again because she'd never live up to her first book, which breaks my heart. Yeah,
1: I was reading a book the other day and they used this case study. I can't really? remember what, what it was now, but yeah.
0: How, what it's a shame. Such a shame. And it makes me feel like, I don't know, I I don't think a man would ever have that issue, would he? Yeah. It's just, yeah, as a woman, I feel like her gender plays a massive factor into that um, because... Women typically do put t- so much pressure on ourselves around success, and I think that is, you know, case in point here. Because *To Kill a Mockingbird* is arguably one of the best books of all time. Um, but there is speculation that Lee was pressured by her publishers to publish *Go Set a Watchman*. She's 89 at the time, and she actually died the following year. And a lot of people have said that Lee didn't actually want the book published at all. Um, or whether she even wrote it oh yeah and so these questions are all very unclear some say actually that ghost setting watchmen is the first draft of to kill a mockingbird and when you know that and then read the book there are some passages in ghost set watchmen which are almost a lift and shift from to kill a mockingbird so that might make sense so there's just so many questions that we'll never have the answers to now Um, but mostly yeah but mostly readers like myself were upset that Atticus who's one of the you know most loved characters in the first book in the second book he's a supporter of segregation racial segregation in America which is really upsetting um But I think you just have to interpret it under the lens of it is being set in the 1950s and it's more about, for me anyways, Scout or jean Louise seeing her hero for the flawed human being that he is and understanding that your childhood heroes are flawed. Um, So yeah, in his old age, Atticus, he's just become a little bit more resigned, a bit defeatist and picks his battles a little bit more carefully and yeah it, it read under or with the um understanding of black lives matter movement i think it is a huge a huge part of the moral of the story if you like is showcasing what happens when you stay silent and when you could have actually used your status and role in society to demand justice so I think he is a little bit symbolic of white privilege, and moments where all of us could have done better, spoken up, taken action, and instead just remained silent. And um, so I feel like I've waffled on a bit here. And although I didn't love the book, I'm really glad I did read it. And Reese's southern drawl for me really brought the narrative to life. I bet. Well, I mean,
1: this. <laughs> I think if you. Like by now people will know, oh okay, they like if they see Pandora Sykes or Reese Witherspoon, they should kind of just associate it with us because this is like the podcast <laughs> episode <laughs> now where we're wanging on about these two women again. <laughs> we just love it. Um okay. Uh ironically, an audiobook, a fictional audiobook that I wanted to record is also historical fiction, which is kind of wrong because it's not actually one of my go-to genres. And you've just <laughs> talked about one and now I'm delving in. Um <laughs> But I started physically reading 11 63 by Stephen King, which is about a guy called Al who runs a local diner. And he has a portal to 1958 in his storeroom. As you as do. After- yeah, as you do. And... It's like, so the guy called Jake, who's the main character, he's like, oh, this diner, like, the burgers are so cheap, but they're so good. Like, I don't understand how he can possibly make such good burgers for such a cheap price. And it's because he's been getting his meat from 1958, (laughs) just dipped into his portal. Like, there's all these little bits to it. But anyway... He's been trying to complete a mission, but he keeps failing because he's getting sick. And so he asked Jake Epping to take over. And the mission is to prevent the assassination of JFK in 1963. So that means that Jake has to stay in the past for five years before he can make his attempt to save the president. And a lot can happen in that time. Oh my like, God. Yeah. And it's, I think it's when you go back so you go back to the past and you come back to the future and that's fine but next time you go back to the past it resets itself again so like yes he can keep trying at it but like it's going to take him five years each time and like he oh will my be God. aging in that time um so yeah lots gonna happen it's as i said it's historical fiction but it's also kind of sci-fi it's also a romance there's also so many tense moments um it's really good but he does classic Stephen King where he just starts And I guess because he had five years to fill it's 700 pages and he goes just a bit off topic at random parts and it was around the time in the pandemic when I just kept waking up with headaches every day because I wasn't getting enough fresh air so I started going for walks at like 7 30 in the morning and coming back like 10 minutes before I needed to log on at nine and so I switched to listening to the audiobook of it for those oh, walks good idea. yeah and it also really helped because of when he goes so off topic, it like, yeah. gets me more engaged, I think, than if I'd been turning pages. Yeah, um, I get that. Yeah, it's really good. It's read by an American narrator who's I thought was really good. Although his voice for Sadie, who is um, the love interest, wound me up a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but equally, I listened to like all 30 hours of whatever, whatever long it is. It's just the most fascinating Gorgeous, tense story, um, and so yeah. I think if you haven't got the time to read seven hundred pages, it's a really good lesson. Good idea. Yeah, and there's also a TV drama of it, so you can watch oh. that. Yeah, James What's Franco just- plays. It's called um, 11, 20, 63 okay. and James Franco plays Jake. They have changed some of it. Uh, they did get rid of a lot of the bits where Stephen King goes off on a tangent, which kind of proves <laughs> that they weren't needed. Um, but they've also added in a character because it makes it work for TV. So I think it's still really good.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. Hi, Rebecca. If, if I had that portal, maybe I could go back and ask Harper Lee all my questions about <laughs> Go Set Watchmen. Oh, my God.
1: Yes. Oh, What are you um, currently
0: listening to, Lauren? Like? Um, currently, I'm listening to Sorrow and Bliss by Meg Mason. So that's another one of I have the physical book and... I'm also listening to it on audio just because I don't know, really. I like to have two books on the go at once at the moment. So I did. I saw it was on audio, so I thought, oh, I may as well just listen to it because I want something to listen to whilst I'm on my walks at the moment and whilst I'm getting ready in the mornings. And really enjoying it so far. It's about a woman called Martha, and she's always known that there's something wrong with her but no doctors have ever been able to diagnose her problems and she sort of describes it as at the age of 17 it was almost like this bomb went off in her head and and nothing has been the same ever since then
1: wow
0: but everyone around her in her life are really keen to turn a blind eye to what is clearly a mental illness um and yeah they 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 all it's like the elephant in the room, they all know that there is a problem, but no one wants to put a name to it because when you give a name to something like we were discussing in non love and non fiction in the last episode, actually, it almost makes it a thing, it makes it acceptable. Mm. So, really interesting that in the book and in the audio, the description of her illness is never given any uh, name so it's always just referred to as a dash in the book and Ooh. they just say Ooh. x in the audiobook so you as the reader are never the wiser on what actually it is that doctors think she has or know she has um so it's really interesting from that perspective and it's a great read really that looks into the stigma surrounding mental illnesses and for Martha it's about her journey to finding out what's wrong with her and an attempt to live with it and find happiness in her life yeah is it heavy to listen to no do you know what I think it would be heavy to read and actually listening to it it's way more uh, it's it, it it softens the edges a little bit because the the narrator is perfect. It's not read by Meg Mason, but the, the person they've got narrating it is has this gorgeous voice. Um she's really softly spoken, but there are moments where she adds humour to to the words and yeah I think I would have found it quite a difficult one to have sat and read but actually listening to it I thoroughly and I'm really enjoying it yeah
1: oh that's really interesting actually because I ended up listening to Betty by Tiffany McDaniel which is an absolutely horrifically sad story about this family and poverty and like they just there's um I mean trigger warning for absolutely everything there could possibly be a trigger warning for Mm -hmm. and I listened to it and I you're right actually I don't think I was as sad as I would have been if I was reading it which is so weird because actually audiobooks usually bring things to
0: life yeah what is that that that's strange yeah um so what are you currently listening to then Jess uh I'm currently listening to oh do you know what this is actually
1: quite a feat. I think we've gone two months of having a podcast and I'm yet to mention that I'm running a marathon, which is quite <laughs> interesting because um, one of the criteria when you sign up to run the marathon is that you have to talk about it like every moment <laughs> of your life. So well I done. Yeah. Although, can I just, quick caveat, like the marathon does take over your whole life. So it I think yeah, it's, fair it's fair. understandable. Yeah. If you're not a proper runner like me, oh, you know, you don't like to smash out five marathons a year. Anyway, I've been really struggling with my training because I signed up in June 2019. It's currently the end of June 2021. And because of the pandemic, I still haven't run it. So my body is just so fatigued. and My brain, I just can't take it. So I turned to some books to help me with my training. And so I'm currently listening to Running Like a Girl by Alexandra Heminsley which was interesting to begin with because the beginning of the book is about how she's like trying to get into running and she hates it and she has no motivation. So I was Mm -hmm. listening to it on runs, like, wow, this is really not helping. (laughs) Um, And so I started listening to it while I was watering the grass in the evenings and it's switched now. She's like got the running bug. So it's safe to listen to again while running. And it's oh, really good. motivational. She's like, I think she's currently one of am doing her third marathon. So she's like well in and it's definitely helping me now. She's, she reads it herself as well. And she's a good narrator. Um, so if you're. I running, run, This is probably quite a good one. Um, mm. Don't listen to the first section while you run, but then you can and it's okay
0: to do so. And it should <laughs> help you. <laughs> That is good advice because I imagine yeah. I can imagine how difficult that would be when you're on a run and you're like struggling to get into it, and then there's somebody in your ears saying how shit running is. You'd be yeah. like, Oh, fuck this, I'm just going home. Yeah, looks like I've already got that going on in my own head saying, well, Yeah, it's
1: so shit. I hate <laughs> I don't need someone else to confirm my thoughts. <laughs> oh, well, we said at the beginning of the episode that we promised we were going to talk about where you can listen to audiobooks because i know that a lot of people aren't quite sure um so should we do that now
0: yeah that's a good idea so i will kick things off because i actually only use one platform for my audiobooks which is audible and you pay £7.99 for one credit a month which will get you one book and actually that's a really great deal because audiobooks are massively more expensive than physical books yeah I think so they're like 20 to be quid yes like, yeah, like 99 <laughs> 20 quid so that's actually a really great price if you just you're just looking for one book a month and if you don't use your credit it rolls over to the next month so you never lose it and it's really great if you want to buy extra credits a month as well because they'll do sort of discounted prices um for bundles so it actually works out quite cheap
1: yeah and they sometimes have sales as well don't they where it's Mm. like
0: £3 audiobooks
1: yeah so i i also use audible but i've also been dabbling in some free services where you that they link up to your library so there's borrow box and Libby, um, and I'm currently listening to Elizabeth Day's book, Philosophy from BorrowBox, from my local library. Um, so it's really great, because it's completely free. You just sign up with your library card number, and then you're off. And if, because of the pandemic, maybe you're not actually a physical member of your library, you can join online because of the pandemic. OnePlus is that they have enabled that now. So you can just really quickly join the library and then join BorrowBox or Libby. Oh my gosh,
0: that is insane how did i not know about this
1: well it's there are some downsides in that sometimes they won't have every audiobook because it's just what the library has and then you also loan it so it might be so there are some really good ones like i saw my library had like matt Haig, midnight library and like loads of really well-known books but they weren't other people were loaning them so it's like a library where you have to wait for the book to be brought back and it means you also only have like I can't remember what it is maybe it's two weeks or something to listen to that book so quite good at being held accountable of like oh I need to listen to this book so it's going to get taken back same way when you borrow a book from the library so really great that it's free and great that it holds you accountable make sure you listen to them
0: mm-hmm.
1: but the choice you know obviously there's not the same choice as if you had all of audible at your at your you know at your fingers where you can just choose any book you like with your
0: credit. Well, I'm Um, definitely going to try that because you can't go wrong when it's free, can you? No, exactly. Um, So another one that I haven't tried yet, but I've been looking into is Scribd, S-C-R-I-B-D. It's £9.99 a month, but that's for unlimited books. So way more than Audible gives you a month. However, you don't keep or own the books at the end of it. So whereas on Audible, they're yours. You can listen to them whenever you like this one. you you do have a a limited time to listen to it but that's fine because I don't know about you Jess but I've never gone back to listen to an audible book that I've already listened to no I haven't you're right Mm. so I might be trying that one soon
1: yeah no I've always been a bit intrigued by that one I think it's bigger in the US than in the UK maybe yeah
0: yeah um
1: one thing I always reco is just checking spotify because i listened to the whole of little women on spotify they had like a playlist of all the chapters and like just listen to the entire audiobook um, and they also have the entire audiobook of sugi Bane by douglas stewart which is such a gorgeous book and it won the booker prize like it's mega and they've got the entire audiobook on there really great narrator um it's set in scotland and it's a scottish narrator so it just adds so much
0: je ne sais quoi to the story oh that's amazing Um, i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure clara and the sun is also on spotify too i haven't listened to it but worth checking that out if it's on your tbr
1: yeah whenever i am like oh what shall i listen to an audiobook i'm like oh let me just check spotify in case it's there because i'm always
0: paying that membership good thinking. yeah So in our Love in Nonfiction episode, we mentioned breakup songs and asked on our Instagram for some more breakup song recos for anyone that might be in need of them. Yeah, and a top
1: reco, unsurprisingly, was Shout Out to My Ex by Little Mix, because what a fucking banger. Little Mix in general are just so great. Like, I genuinely think if I went to a Little Mix concert, I'd have the absolute time
0: of my life, especially if this song came on. Oh, my God. Totally, um, better than Katy Perry because I have accompanied you to a Katy Perry concert and you were pretty damn excited. She is, both. <laughs> and speaking of, we had a few Katy Perry records in there from you guys, uh, including "Raw" and "Wide Awake." Yeah, and I think "Wide Awake" was about she wrote it about her breakup
1: with Russell Brand, so that makes oh. sense. Um, we had two people say all of "Lemonade" by Beyonce. Side note, I absolutely lost my shit when I saw her in concert too. She brought Jay-Z out. It was Mm -hmm. a wild night. Um, Have we got any records on here of people I haven't seen on tour and lost my shit about? (laughs) Uh,
0: I think you just lose your shit at any concert, to be honest. Um, But I don't think you've seen Gloria Gaynor in concert because (laughs) I (laughs) I Will Survive was suggested. And what a great breakup song that is. So good. I'm also here for the person who suggested Truth Hurts by Lizzo um but is it weird that that's what I listen to to pet myself up before I go on a date?
1: <laughs> interesting well Lizzo's such a queen she could be listened to whenever so no was um we had a lot of Swifties giving suggestions so just pop all our albums on and you should be covered for like a month okay. she just seems to be bringing out new ones and then bringing out taylor's versions of them all yeah i know i find that
0: mental but also go on taylor yeah you do you hun um it's also been confirmed that apparently blink 182 is good to shout in the car if you're going through a breakup i mean driving when you're in a breakup is so
1: cathartic i mean at the best of times I'm always pretending I'm in a music video when I'm driving. So
0: it makes complete sense. Oh my God, love that. A few people also said Broken Strings by James Morrison. And yeah, sometimes you just need some slightly slower, more emotional ones to get you through it, don't you?
1: Yeah, one hando. Someone suggested Ambition by Dove saying it's very melancholy, but it helped uh, to cry out the last negative feelings. So remember, it's okay to be sad and wallow in it. Like there's no wrong or right way to handle a breakup.
0: Yeah been there and if you love a musical like we do then someone also made the heroic shout of Burn from mm-hmm. Hamilton oh that song just gives me tingles every time you listen to it and you don't even need to go be going through a breakup to <laughs> listen to that one and feel the feels <laughs> and maybe get really angry at an ex. <laughs> we also had a few more old school hits like Scouting for Girls This Ain't a Love Song which is a banger in my opinion but look there were so many excellent breakup song recos that we couldn't not create a playlist for everyone so if you search spotify for breakup song recos or you can find the link in the show notes you'll find them all in one place and you can listen to them to your heart's content either sobbing into the Jerry's or pretending you're in a film while staring very dramatically out of a rain bus window so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode then please subscribe rate and leave a review it costs you nothing but it genuinely means the world to us and why not
1: share it with your reading buddy too and of course if you don't already follow us on instagram you can at book for fondly enough more book recommendations
0: see you next week we'll be here